Lecture topic. Sharing in the reward of Hajj. Man hajja wa lam yarfus wa lam yafsuk raja'aka yawmin waladathu ummu aw kama qala an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Most respected students of deen mothers and sisters Last week we had discussed but about the very great ibadat of hajj and the extremely great reward of Hajj. The Ibadat of Hajj is such a great Ibadat that Nabi Kareem stated that the person who performs Hajj in such a way that does not get involved in any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala fulfills all the rights of Hajj and does not get involved in any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala then <coughs> he will return completely cleaned of all sin like the day he was born that when a child is born the child is clean from any sin this person will return from Hajj also clean from sin so now this is an extremely great reward may Allah Ta'ala bless all the Hujjaj with such a Hajj that they return in this manner that the Hajj gets accepted the Hajj gets accepted, becomes a Maqbool and Mabrur Hajj. And a Hajj that was performed in such a way that they return with this virtue. They return in a way that Allah Ta'ala has forgiven them. Some have that good fortune that they have gone already, left for Hajj, some would be still going. And those of us who may not end up going, but as mentioned yesterday, uh, last week, our hearts should be attached to the Hajj. This is a very great Ibadat. And one of the ways in which to keep ourselves attached to the Hajj, that in these Mubarak days of Hajj, we should make dua for the Hajjis. This is also one very effective way to keep connected with the Hajj. That daily, at least once a day, after some salah, some other time, make dua for the hujjaj. That Allah Ta'ala make their hajj easy for them. Allah Ta'ala enable them to perform the hajj in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. Allah Ta'ala make it a hajj maqbool, mabroor. And grant them all the virtues of the hajj. Enable them to truly connect with Allah Ta'ala. And to conduct their time correctly to maximize the benefit that they can acquire from the Hajj. Now, when we are making dua with the Hujjaj, making dua for them, we are number one, connecting with this very great Ibadat of Hajj. That's one aspect. Number two, by means of dua for the Hujjaj, we will become included in their Amal. In one Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is mentioned he once was, Returning from jihad. Now jihad is a very very great amal. So now Nabi Sallallahu was returning from jihad. And now as they were approaching Madinah Munawwara, <coughs> Nabi Sallallahu said to them, to the Sahaba who were with him, that there are some people who were behind in Madinah Munawwara, but you didn't climb any hill 
you didn't come down into any valley, you didn't do anything except that they were together with you in the reward of that action. In other words, you went out in jihad, you went out in this very great amal, and obviously this is a something that takes a lot sometimes from a person, there's a lot of risk that he puts himself into, there's a lot of effort that he has to make, a lot of hard, strenuous tasks that he has to do, so many things. Now, that is on the one side, the person who went for the Hajj, and on the other side is somebody who has not yet, uh, who had, did not go, he is sitting at home. Nabi Salaam is saying, that person who was sitting at home, he was with you in the reward of all the things you did. Now you were out in the open, under the harsh climatic conditions sometimes, very hot, maybe very cold. You were sometimes walking, uh, sometimes bare feet. So many times the Sahaba, they didn't even have proper footwear because of their poverty. They were tying cloths, pieces of cloth to their feet because of the harsh uh, terrain. Very difficult to walk, sharp stones. They were getting cut. There was one particular expedition that the Sahaba Ikram went on, which became known for the difficulty that they endured. And uh, one of the names of this this expedition, it became known by that name because of what they had to do. They had to tie pieces of cloth that they could find, some, some scraps of cloth here and there, tie that to their feet. Why? Because their feet were now so uh, injured due to the way that the ground was. Some say even their toe nails were falling off. Can you imagine the pain that comes with that? The Sahaba Kiram went through all this so that deen could be preserved, deen could be passed on to the Ummad and deen could be protected, Allah Ta'ala's deen could be upheld. We are sitting in the comfort of sometimes air-conditioned rooms, in fans, if it's hot, then we have an air-conditioner sometimes, <coughs> or we have a fan at least. If not, then still there is some arrangements of some shelter. We are in under a sheltered place, we in the shade, and when it's hot, when it's cold, we have some facilities to now warm us, there's sometimes some heater, etc. We are nevertheless in an enclosed environment, so all these facilities are available, we sit on a comfortable uh, carpet or some, some, some comfort of some sort is available. So many facilities are there for us. Everything is found and we are learning deen in such uh, luxury, we can call it. Now all this deen that we are learning in luxury, the Sahaba preserved the deen with these sacrifices. And they passed on deen with this hard effort. And that deen then came to us. And we still complain that, no, I, you know, this is not right, and I don't, I can't manage that, and this is not comfortable for me. But what did they go through? Can we imagine how much of sacrifice they made so Deen could reach us? How much we should be appreciating all these facilities, these amenities, and the appreciation for this is that we then truly dedicate ourselves to acquiring this Deen. The knowledge of Deen, the Amal of Deen, the heart and mind of deen. We think in the way deen has taught us to think. 
Now that's another completely different subject. Inshallah we will discuss this on some other occasion. But to think how Deen has taught us to think. That's something to think about. That what has Deen taught us? How should we think? Inshallah Allah Allah gives tawfiq. We will discuss that on some other occasion. But in any case, that is the appreciation of these opportunities of learning Deen. That we fully dedicate ourselves to this. And in order to maximize the benefit, we truly keep up to all the adab and the etiquettes of acquiring ilm. The respect, staying away from sin, staying away from any kind of disrespect, staying away from causing taklif and harm and difficulty to others, talking correctly, respecting our muallimas, respecting the kitabs, respecting the place that we study in, and inculcating the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, adopting taqwa, all this is what's going to enhance that ilm. So in any case, this is the appreciation of the ilm. So coming back to what we were talking about, that the Sahaba Ikram, their sacrifices that they made, this, this was a digression from the hadith we were discussing, that Nabi Sallallahu said to the Sahaba, that you had been undertaking all these sacrifices out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, and making all these efforts, but while you were out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, undergoing all these sacrifices, there were others who were at home, but they were together with you in the reward. Now this sounds very strange. It's like somebody uh, saying that you do this work the whole day, you work, so you'll be working whatever the work is. For example now, somebody is doing some home industry, so now they're cooking some food for somebody, or somebody is baking something, so now somebody is doing the whole day, they're busy with that baking of theirs, and uh, say, but your sister... She will be sitting, she is sitting, she is doing nothing, but she will share the profits with you. Or if not share the profits, whatever profits you are going to get for all the work that you did and all the uh, effort you put in. So if you are going to earn a thousand rands, she is sitting, she will also earn a thousand rands. So people will say, but how can this be now? I am working, she is sitting. So now Allah Ta'ala's grace is tremendous. Nobody in dunya will do that. In dunya... They say that you work, you get paid, no work, no pay. But in the matters of Akhirat, Allah Ta'ala's grace is tremendous. So the Sahaba, but whenever they are surprised, that how they are at home, and they are also getting the reward. So Nabi Islam replied, that Habasahumul Uzr. That the only reason that they couldn't make it, not that they didn't want to make it. One is somebody didn't want to make it. Or he didn't have any intention of trying to make it also. He didn't, he wasn't part of it at any level. Neither physically, his heart was not attached to it, nothing. He just simply didn't want to be part of it. Then obviously, he's not part of it, so he's not part of it in any way. So he's not going to get anything either. But those who were attached to it, their hearts were in it. They wanted to be there. They genuinely wanted to be there. But they didn't manage to be there. Why they didn't manage to be there? Nabi Islam says, Habasahumul Uzr. There was a genuine reason that they had that they couldn't make it. Some Uzr, some genuine reason became a barrier that they couldn't make it. For example, somebody was sick. So now they wanted to be out in that effort of deen. 
But the sickness was such that they couldn't make it. The sickness was not just a small little flu or something. They couldn't make it because of the sickness. So now they genuinely wanted to be there. The intention was full. Had it not been for this illness, they would have been there. So now they will also share the reward. As we discussed previously, somebody recites three times Surah Ikhlas. So the one time recitation of Surah Ikhlas is equivalent to one third of the Quran Sharif. That is the asli reward, the basic reward of recitation. But the reward of the actual effort is apart from it. That might be many, many, many times more than the reward of the recitation in itself. Now somebody who actually recited one third of the Quran Sharif, the time spent, the effort made, all that will be rewarded separately. That could be ten times more. Because of the ten times more time or maybe hundred times more time it took. And the hundred times more effort that was made. So both got the equal reward in terms of the reward of recitation. And this person got hundred times more for the effort. So likewise both got the same reward for the actual, for the, for the jihad itself. And that person might get maybe a thousand times separate reward for the effort. For the sacrifice. For the difficulties undertaken. But the original reward is not minor either. That is not anything less as well. That too is tremendous. But Allah Ta'ala blessed it on that genuine intention. On that sincere, genuine, committed intention. That had it not been for the, whatever became the barrier, I would have been there. So likewise, we attach ourselves to these very great ibadat. One is, our intention also should be there. That had it not been for other responsibilities perhaps, or some things that are beyond my control, then I would have liked to be also fulfilling this very great ibadat. So, inshallah, we'll be included in it. But then together with that, this one very simple way of becoming part of this very great ibadat. That we make dua for the hujjaj. Then, one is dua for them, we are part of the hajj. In that sense, that we are attached to it, our hearts are there. But then when you make dua for somebody's goodness and for somebody's work of deen to take place well, you'll get included in that work. Subhanallah, this is a, such a wonderful and such an easy way to take a share in all the good work taking place throughout the world. Whatever efforts of deen taking place in the path of haqq, there are efforts taking place in the line of ta'aleem, teaching of deen, in the line of islah and tarbiyat, the khanqas, etc. In the line of jihad and dawat and tabligh and social welfare, helping people out in terms of the work that they do to assist others. So mashallah, they are those who have this very great spirit and jazbah of being of help to others, this is also a jihad. And the reward of hajj comes in this. Inshallah, we'll discuss some of these ahadith. But now the point is that people are, mashallah, engaged in so many different departments of work, of dini work. Whether it's ta'aleem, whether it's tadris, teaching in, some are teaching, mashallah, Quran Sharif, they are teaching hymns, they are teaching hadith Sharif, they are teaching fiqh, Others are teaching other aspects and subjects of deen. People are 
guiding others, they're giving them da'wah towards deen, they're making effort in the path of Allah Ta'ala. They are people who are engaged in the welfare work, in the social work, so many things. Many, many other aspects of organizations that are helping out in so many different ways. We cannot even do a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of much of that is taking place. Whatever we may perhaps be able to do a little bit, that is not even equivalent to half a drop in the ocean of the effort of deen that is taking place internationally throughout the world. There are so many people, mashallah, that they serve deen in such wonderful ways, but sometimes nobody even knows about it. They do it in a way, it is between them and Allah Ta'ala alone. Some work is not going to be possible to do it in a way that nobody knows. If a person is sitting and teaching somebody, the person who is teaching knows he's teaching him. Somebody else knows he's teaching him. Somebody is going and giving dawah to others. Obviously somebody knows he's giving them dawah. But yet there are some things that happen in such a wonderful way that nobody but Allah Ta'ala knows. And now, mashallah, all this is taking place. We don't even know about it. How are we going to become part of it? Yes, we become part of it by making dua for everyone. By making dua, we take a share in everybody's work. Subhanallah, what a wonderful thing. And then with that, the niyati Allah, if I had the opportunity, the ability, the tawfiq, I too would have done this also. I can't do it. I'm so weak. But if I had the ability, I would have done a bit of this too. I would have done some that too. But by making dua for everyone. So now likewise we make dua for the hujjaj daily. Even there's two minutes, three minutes. This is the season. This is the time. And subhanallah, we will share the reward. Not one, not two. If there's one million hajis, we'll, get, we'll share the reward of one million hujjaj. If there's two million hujjaj, we'll share the reward of two million hujjaj. But now one is, mashallah, this very, very great reward to take so easily. Then together with that is that the attachment of the heart to ibadat. And this is such a great ibadat. Ibadat of hajj. So now this ibadat of hajj, when a person's heart is getting attached to ibadat, is ibadat the objective in itself? A person is performing salah, is salah the objective in itself? Is fasting the objective in itself? Is hajj the objective in itself? No. These are all Allah Ta'ala's commandments, these are farz, these are compulsory. Salah is compulsory on every single person that is now has reached of age. Fasting, every person that can fast has to fast. Uh, unless somebody is so sick, elderly, that cannot manage that fast, then there's fidya for them. But uh, the sick person has to keep qaza later, etc. Zakat, obviously, there's a certain minimum amount that makes it compulsory on a person. Likewise, hajj. But if it's compulsory on him, it's compulsory. He has to do it. But the objective in this, the objective is to get to Allah Ta'ala. The objective is, Allah Ta'ala must become pleased and we must get connected to Allah Ta'ala. So now the person is attaching the heart to Hajj. But Hajj is not an objective in itself. It's Faruz on those upon whom it's Faruz, but it's a means to the end. That through the Hajj to get to Allah Ta'ala, through the Salah to get to Allah Ta'ala, through the fasting to get to Allah Ta'ala, to get connected to Allah Ta'ala, to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, to earn the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So 
So now when we keep making dua for the hujjaj, and we keep attaching our heart with this great ibadat, we are actually attaching our heart to Allah Ta'ala. That is our objective. That is our goal, to become attached to Allah Ta'ala. When a person's heart becomes attached to Allah Ta'ala, then everything will fall in place. Because he becomes close to Allah Ta'ala, he starts loving Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala loves him, then his life will fall in line, and he'll live a life of obedience to Allah Ta'ala. So this is a very, very simple way of taking such great rewards, <coughs> the rewards of all the hujjahs. So let's make it a point, inshallah, as of today, and our Baldimas will keep asking us, that remind us also, and daily ask us, that who remembered to make dua for all the hujjahs? And maybe in class, there might be some particular time when a minute or two, two, three minutes will be allocated at the end of some lesson to simply dedicate the time to make dua for the hujjahs. And we discussed what kind of du'as to be made. Allah Ta'ala accept all the, the hajj of all the hujjahs. Allah Ta'ala make it maqbool, mabroor. Make it such a hajj that the hajj becomes accepted. The hajj becomes a means of their complete forgiveness. The hajj becomes a means of barakat and afiyat for them and for their families, for the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because if two million people return home in a forgiven state, and filled with the barakat and the anwarat, the spiritual uh, effulgence and light, uh, and the noor of the Haramain Sharifain, and two million hujjaj return home, spreading this noor, and spreading this barakat, can we imagine what goodness will spread throughout the world? Now this all depends on their hajj getting fully accepted, and getting accepted at a very high level. So now we make dua for that, we will share in all that benefit that they will carry along. So, now this is what we need to make dua. Allah Ta'ala accept their hajj and make it a means of every khair, barakat. Allah enable the hajj to take place with afiyat and with ease and everything happen without any difficulty. All these are the things to make dua as well. This is the attachment with the ummat. And the ummat is like one body. If somebody's son has gone, somebody's father has gone for hajj, somebody's brother is gone, somebody's parent is gone. So now they are going to be very concerned as well, they'll make dua for them too. Allah make their hajj easy for them. There must be no difficulty. Why? Because of family attachments. That too, mashallah. Very good. But now to expand that family attachment to ummat attachment. So now to make dua for the ummat. Allah accept everybody's hajj. So when somebody is very close to one, we're going to make dua for them. They'll come to mind repeatedly. They will be at close to our hearts. When they are in Arafat, we will be remembering them, mashallah, they are in Arafat today. And they might send us some, maybe, message of dua as well. So now we will be very close to them, to expand that. That's all in place, no problem with that. That's natural also. And we should do that. But together with that, to expand it, to get attached to the ummah at large. And make dua for all the hujjaj. Because the ummah is like one body. Al-mu'minuna kajasadin wahidin. Nabi Islam says the mu'mineen, they are like one body. If the if the eye pains, the entire body feels the pain. If the head pains, the entire body feels the pain. So now this is the attachment of the ummat. That the ummat, a very big number of the ummatis are in hajj. Our hearts are with them. And the way that our hearts will be with them, one 
very simple manner to keep the heart with them, make dua for them. And especially in the days of Hajj, make a lot of dua for them. So now at least once a day, but in those Mubarak days of Hajj, the five days, actual days of Hajj, then make a lot of dua for them, daily, repeatedly. So this is the one part of this, about keeping our our hearts attached to the Hajj, and keeping our hearts attached to the Hujjaj. And this in itself will make us get attached and get closer to Allah Ta'ala. And enable us to gain part of the rewards, or share in the rewards of all the Hujjaj. Nevertheless, to just discuss one Hadith Sharif today, in terms of how we can also be gaining the rewards of Hajj, though we are not there. And this is not only in the days of Hajj, and only in the time of Hajj, but at any time. So one Sahabi came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is reported from Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala an. That a Sahabi came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said to him, "Inni ashtahil jihad, wala akdiru alay." O Nabi of Allah ta'ala, I very much desire to be joining the jihad, but I'm unable to. I don't have the means. Now there are certain, maybe it was a long distance. So you need some transport, you need an animal, now in that period of time, you need an animal to ride on, because it might be many, many days journey, and very far away, so now, then you need some equipment, going out, you can't be going empty handed, you need something, which you need some equipment to use, etc. I have nothing, but I very much want to join. So Nabi Kareem Wasallam asked him a question, that any of your parents are alive? So he replied and said, Ummi, my mother is alive. So when he replied and said, his mother is alive, so Nabi Kareem said to him, that show Allah how you serve her. Show Allah, meaning for Allah's sake now, you serve your mother well. And then Nabi Kareem said to him, that if you do so, you will be not just that you are like a mujahid, you will be like a haji, a mu'tamir, somebody who is performing umrah, and a mujahid. Because many times we call some certain things three in one. Now this is three in one. So now, serving our parents, because Nabi Sallallahu asked him, any of your parents alive? Both are alive? Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's na'mad. One of them alive? That one is very great na'mad. So now, we have this opportunity many of us. Unfortunately, many times parents complain that now our children are not listening, tell them to do one thing, they're doing something else, they are misbehaving, they're causing a lot of taklif, they are becoming very, very unruly, or now telling them to perform their salah, they're not listening, they're stuck on the phone, and they're doing all kinds of things, now this is not making khidmat and causing, bringing about comfort to the parents. Don't listen to them. Obviously things that are valid and correct in deen, don't help them. Now the parents are also tired sometimes. Now there's some chores to do, some little things to help in the kitchen, whatever else. Now it is, no, 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 I got nothing, I'm too busy doing something else. Whereas we have the ability to do it, we can assist. But now we're just lazy, we're just shirking. Whereas this is jihad and hajj and umrah all at the same time. Meaning that reward of these three amal are being received 
in that time for that person who is being of good help and service to the parent and pleasing the parents obviously within the limits of shariat in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased only in those things so subhanallah the person who is serving their parents they are getting the rewards of a haji a person who is performing umrah and a mujahid all at the same time so mashallah the one the, the zeal that is there in the heart to also be performing hajj mashallah Allah Ta'ala accept Allah Ta'ala bring that reality make that a reality Allah Ta'ala bring that opportunity very soon that those who have not yet had the opportunity of hajj Allah Ta'ala make it that they get the opportunity there is nothing impossible we should never ever uh, regard it as impossible it has happened and we have discussed one incident we are talking about the, the hadith about serving parents we have discussed one incident a person who I met once previously and I mentioned the incident on more than one occasion it's coming to mind again now but the time is already passed inshallah for whatever the benefit is and inshallah there is always benefit in this kind of thing we may Allah will repeat the incident next week but for now this much that this is one of the amal in which a person gets rewarded with the reward of hajj though he is sitting at home she is sitting at home she is not gone anywhere for hajj but getting the reward of hajj how? by serving one's parents making their khidmat being of comfort to them being obedient to them is also part of service to them that when they are asking to do something when they say something be listening so all this is part of service so this is something we need to latch on it is very sad that from time to time parents call and uh, or they might send some communication to the madrasa or they come to see some maldima sometimes to convey this that uh, we are having a big battle with our daughter how do we now try to explain to her please can you talk to her and explain to her this is a common problem unfortunately and it's very tragic very sad say she's just stuck on the phone don't listen to anybody don't want to help out in the house and just caught up in her own world very very tragic very sad the thing is that these things are not confined to the time that we think we just whiling away in this way this kind of manner of conducting oneself becomes entrenched in one's nature then now one year, two years, three years we living this kind of manner not bothered about anybody, just doing our own thing, not listening to our parents not helping out then a lazy tabiat, a lazy nature gets developed in the person the nature of the person becomes to just waste time on the phone, on just kind of entertainment on social media on this that and the other that becomes the tabiyat that becomes the nature of the person and then what I say no no just now this is everything she's small sometimes parents also make that big mistake no no she's small that she's small is one day she's going to be big but she's going to become big like how she was when she was small that kind of habits that were formed while she was small she's going to grow with that when she's big and the same habit is going to be remaining with her. So now, the thing is that uh, when she's going to be growing up, if the right habits are not entrenched then, she's going to grow up with those habits. So now one is the parents make that mistake, but now for us to think ourselves, we are now already 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever we might be, even 13 and 12, we can understand now where we're heading. We're not going to remain 12 years old forever. We are not going to remain 13 years old forever. 
we are going to move on in life. We will move on in life with what we pick up now. What we become accustomed to now. What becomes our preferences now. What we look forward to now is what we will look forward to later in life. So now if we develop the correct things now, then we'll very easily live a life later which will be very productive and everybody will be happy around us. And we won't be in a constant argument with people all the time. And there won't be now this back and forth, this person is saying this and that person is saying that we fighting with people, people fighting with us. And whether it is now sometimes our spouses, sometimes some in-laws, sometimes something else, sometimes the neighbors, sometimes some other relatives, sometimes our own children, sometimes our parents. Allah forbid, that becomes Jahannam on earth. So now, when we have inculcated the correct habits, what we are actually, now it requires a little bit of mujahada, some little sacrifice, some striving, some... uh, Staying away from things that other people are all caught up in. But we are just staying away from it because it's not helpful, it's not good. Sometimes wrong, completely wrong also. But in that process, we are making our lives in the future pleasant. We are building up such qualities and such character and ways and habits that will become a blessing for us later. And if we just remain in that mode, just wasting time, idling away, not interested in helping out, not becoming very productive and very helpful at home, not being obedient to our parents, then we are paving the way for a very problematic future. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. So now, we need to think for ourselves as well, become productive, become constructive, become people who are assets to themselves and assets to others. Pave the way for a good future. Dunya is a very short future, but the future of Akhirat is everlasting. This will all help to get to the Akhirat in a very good way also. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala accept one and all. Allah Ta'ala accept the Hajj of all the Hujjaj. Allah Ta'ala give us also the spirit of Hajj and enable us to conduct ourselves in a way Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله